Welcome to Lompoc Foursquare Church's podcast. Enjoy the message. I want to remind you that life is hard. Anybody remember from last week? Life is hard. Let's say it. Life is hard. There was a gentleman who uh, had worked for now with three generations in a real small store in New York. They did electronics. They did appliances. Real great customer service. And the buildings next door on the right and the left were empty buildings. But one day, someone bought those buildings. And on the one side, it was going to be an electronic superstore, big box. On the other side, an appliance store, big box, with a sign that says, we will not be undersold. The guy went home discouraged, dejected. He was thinking about three to four years, maybe he would retire. His wife said, give it up, honey. There's no way you can compete with the big box. He thought he was discouraged. And then, bing, a light went on. He said, I know that life is hard, but I will rise up. So the day came. The food trucks were there. The marching bands were there. There were clowns. There was all this stuff. His wife had made a balloon arch over his store. And where it said grand opening appliances, where it said grand opening electronics, he put up a big sign that said main entrance. (laughs) Now, that story is kind of funny. But it does remind us that we can rise up in the midst of any kind of difficulty. What he thought would be the end of his company actually turned to the greatest foot traffic he's ever had. Proverbs 24, 16, we saw last week. And it says these words, though the righteous fall, how many times? Seven times they rise again. And we learned last week that seven was not just a number seven, like one more than six but that seven was the number of completeness. In other words, Solomon is saying that you will fall and fall and fail and fall and mess up and fall countless numbers of times. But the key to this verse is what? They rise again. They find a way to trust in God in such a way that even when life is hard, as we saw that video last week, if you were here, we do hard better. We all need to do hard better. Oh, life is so hard. Yes, we get it. That didn't go well. Yes, we get it. Get it. But there's no place in the Bible where it says life was meant to be easy. I don't find that verse anywhere. I find verses that say, trust in the Lord with all your heart. I find verses that say, allow the peace of Christ that pass all understanding to rule your heart and mind. I find verses that say, let your mind be renewed by the Spirit of God, and by the power of the Word. But there's no verse that tells me we get to sit at the bus stop and wait for the easy bus to come around because the easy bus, sweetheart, don't ever come. It gets hard. And sometimes life gets harder and harder and harder. But when's it going to get easy? Well, Peter was speaking to a group of people. And if you go have a Bible, you can open to 1 Peter chapter 1. He was speaking to a group of people that were dealing with hard, really hard. Uh, Roman rule is the order of the day, and a guy named Emperor Nero is in charge. He would 
go against Christians. Some would be killed and some would be tortured. There was severe suffering and persecution. And Peter writes this letter to them. Now remember Peter, he's one of the original disciples, right? He's the one that the Lord calls the little rock. I will build my church with people just like you, Peter. And remember Peter, he says, Lord, you can count on me, right? And then when life got hard, what did Peter do? Deny the Lord three times. So Peter says in 1 Peter 1, verse 3 to 7, Praise be to the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. In his great mercy, he's given us new birth into a living hope. We sang that this morning. And the living hope is not because, well, we're God's people, though that's part of it. But the living hope is through the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead. Talk about a horrible time in the life of Christ followers. Jesus is dead. He's on the cross. He's, he's no more. Now he's put into a tomb. And it doesn't look like there's any hope for them. You talk about life being hard. If you had left all of your business and all of your family to follow after Jesus, and now he's dead, he's gone, he's no more. The Roman soldiers are excited about the victory over Christ, who is taking their market share away from the Romans. But then something happened. You know what happened. On the third day, the earth shook, and Jesus comes out of the tomb. He's our living hope. And our hope is based on the fact that Christ rose from the dead and into an inheritance that he's given to us that can never perish, spoil, or fade. This inheritance is kept in where? In heaven for you, who through faith are shielded by God's power until the coming of the salvation that is ready to be revealed in the last time. And in this, in all of this, you what? Greatly rejoice. Though now for a little time, you may have to suffer grief of all kinds and all kinds of trials because life is hard. These have come so that the proven genuineness of your faith of greater worth than gold, which perishes even though refined by fire, may result in what? In praise and glory and honor when Jesus Christ is revealed. Now that rev word revealed is talking about the second coming of Christ because he will come again. But it's also believed by theologians, and I believe it, that either it's the second coming of Christ or the moment you take your last breath. Because guess who gets revealed to you at the moment you take your last breath? If you're saved, if you're a follower of Jesus, Jesus shows up and walks you through the valley of the shadow of death and takes you home. And then all those crazy stories about the pearly gates and Peter and all the bad things you ever did. And like the preacher one time said, when you get to heaven, they're going to put a video up of your whole life. No, they're not. Why? Because Jesus makes sure that they're not. And if somebody at the pearly gate says, well, look at all the wrong you've done, Jesus is going to step forward and say, I, I, I paid for it. I picked up the tab. I got it. The first thing that Peter tells us, if you're a note-taker, you might want to write this down. We rejoice in God's power and in his love. You know, he talks about the mercy of God. He talks about a perspective that we need to have. And he says this phrase, in all this. Uh, in all this is kind of like when you see therefore in the Bible. What's the therefore, therefore? And when it says in all this, why is in all this here? It talks about the fact that even while we suffer for a little while on this planet, that the salvation of God is greater than everything. 
The resurrection of Christ is greater than everything. And we can rejoice. And as James will tell us later, we count it all joy when we deal with the hard stuff. Why? Because testing is the process to test the authenticity of something. Testing is the process to test the authenticity of something. Now, I'm not a a rocket scientist, uh, but we're glad for rocket science, aren't we? We had a nice launch the other day. And then uh, this morning, on the other side of our country, SpaceX had another launch over there that was successful. They launched those rockets, and they bring them down. I'm still amazed. Is anybody amazed? Good. Six people. Boy, at our 9 o'clock service, I said, yeah, we had a successful launch. And some of them actually looked bored. I mean, well, we've seen them before. I'm still amazed by them. And wherever I am, I want to stop and look. Or if I I go on the base, I have a pass. I go out there and watch the launches. I'm amazed. But here's what I've learned from the engineers. That everything that they put on the rocket has to be tested. They test fire the rocket itself. They check the steel to make sure it's the right tinsel strength that it can handle the heat that it's going to go against. And that's what James is saying And that's what Peter is saying, that we are grateful for the tests of God that comes because the tests of God test the authenticity of our faith. You don't know how true or authentic or complete your faith is until you get tested under fire. If you've ever gone to the lab and they poke you to get your lab work out, you know what they're testing? The authenticity of your blood. They're making sure your white cells are the right number. The red cells are the right number. They're making sure that your cholesterol is the right number. Anybody want to say praise the Lord? Yeah. They're making sure your blood sugar is the right number. What are they testing? God made your blood. And they're testing whether or not it's authentic with how it was originally made to be. And there's numbers that we're supposed to have. They can test for PSA numbers and pre-cancer screening and all of that. I'm grateful for the technology, but what is the test? To show us what our blood is really like or to show the, the engineers what the tinsel strength is like or what the motor is like or whatever it is. If you're a mechanic, you understand about compression. Cylinder compression. You test the compression to make sure the rings are doing what they're supposed to do. And the bearings are doing what they're supposed to do. And if you have a dead cylinder, well, all of this is to test the authenticity of something. So we rejoice in an action based on a decision and not an emotion. Peter says, hey, come on, greatly rejoice. I don't feel like rejoicing. Ah, (laughs) You don't have a choice, dear ones. We rejoice because God deserves our rejoicing. But I don't feel like it today. I'm having a sad day. Okay, have a sad day. Tell God that you're really sad, and then do what Pastor John said from Psalm 43. Now put your hope in the Lord. Oh, the Psalms are filled with great laments where, where, where David says, man, I can't get through the day. The enemy's on, on my tail. I feel horrible. And then he says, but I will praise God. I will worship him no matter what comes my way, rejoicing. Now, I have this box over here. We're going to call it the problem and pain box. You wouldn't understand, would you? Yeah. When problems and pains come knocking on your door. Yeah. 
You know what I found with problems and pain? You, you probably won't relate to this, but I found that I can hold on to my problems and pain and talk about my problems and pain and cuddle my problems and pain and start getting a little nasally. I, I can't believe this has happened. I'm the only person this is happening to. Does anybody care about my problem? I could social media my problem. I can get on the hotline. I can text people, tell them how bad my life is. Problems and pain, right? Nobody would understand that. Or I can run over here to, 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 to faith and truth. This is what Peter's saying to a persecuted people. I know you're going through it. Hell and high water. I know you've lost some of your friends because of their faith. That's what Peter's saying here. I know Nero is filled with evil. I get it. But I want you to think about faith and, and, and truth. And you've probably heard this phrase before that we speak truth to power. But I'd like to say it this way. What if we inform our pain and our problems of our faith and what is true? What if we speak faith and truth to our problems and our pain? Now, I'm not saying you deny that they exist, but I am saying don't allow them to define you. Don't deny them but don't let them define you. Rather, let your faith and your truth define who you are because Jesus gets the last word. Somebody over here needed to know that. Jesus gets the last word. Whom the Son sets free is free indeed. Well, I feel kind of bound up right now in my life, but it doesn't matter what you feel like. He's determined by truth and our faith in the truth, that if we've given our lives to Christ, he will set us free. And when you stand over here, it's like you say, dear God, I don't know what is going to happen in this hard season of my life. I don't like what I see. I don't like what I sense. But I know you've been in my tomorrows. I know you know the next thing coming down the pike. I know you know everything about me, where I'm weak, where I'm strong, where I need more faith, where I need to embrace more truth in my life. I don't know what will become of the situation and circumstance I'm walking in, but I know somehow, God, and it's not just a verse or a cliche, that you will work all things together for good for me and for the good of those around me. I know I can trust you in all things. And none of the things that surprise me are a surprise to you. We saw it in James last week that when we go through trials, that the word trials in the Greek literally meant a surprise, something that came without warning. There was no dash pad or dashboard light that came on and said, warning, warning, warning. Don't you wish that tomorrow had a warning, or three weeks from now had a warning. No, I don't wish that at all, because I'd start worrying about it now, wouldn't I? And I'd start thinking about things, and the more you embrace the problems and the pain and the worry, the more they grow. Have you noticed that? We worry about things that aren't even gonna happen because we embrace them, and the more we talk about them and embrace them, the larger they grow. But the more we embrace faith and truth, and the more we talk about God and who he is, 
the more he grows in our mind and in our eyes and in our soul and in our spirit. So talk about him all the time. You can huddle with the pain or you can huddle with the truth. So inform your pain and your problems of this eternal perspective. Eternal perspective. That's exactly what Peter's talking about. He's talking about the future. And he's talking about what will happen when Christ is revealed. We can rejoice in our living hope today and in tomorrow. And by the way, his name is Jesus. We can rejoice in the pain and the problems in the middle of what we face and say, thank you, God, for all of this. I don't like it, but I sure love you. God, I don't want to be stuck over here in pain and problem, but I want to believe in an eternal perspective that says, I can do all things through Christ who gives me strength. Rejoice, number two, that my trials are not wasted. Wasted. Why? Because he's building something in us. 1 Peter 1, 7 says these words. These have come so that the proven genuineness of your faith Here's that trying again of authenticity, of greater worth and gold, which perishes even though refined by fire may result in praise, glory, and honor when Christ is revealed. These have come. What has come? The trials. And God is perfecting us. James 1, 2, and 3, we saw last week, consider it pure joy, my brothers and sisters, whenever you face trials of many kinds. Because you know that the testing of your faith produces what? Perseverance. We need perseverance. We need resilience. It's when the tree starts to blow over in the wind. Resilience is when it can boom, spring back to its original design. If the root system is not strong, we've all seen what happens to trees that topple over. Or trees that fall apart because they weren't trimmed properly. They weren't shaped properly. But see, when you allow the Spirit to shape you, the Word of God, the B-I-B-L-E to shape you, when you allow trials and problems to shape you, then guess what happens? You become resilient and a person of perseverance. The third thing real quick is I want you to rejoice in eternal perspective. And the reason I wrote my there is I want you to have an eternal perspective. Why? Because it's not all about this and it's not all about now. This is not all there is, folks. I meet people all the time that believe planet Earth is all there is. Well, planet Earth and Mars because Elon wants us to go to Mars and live there someday. Uh, but anyway, maybe we will. Not in my life. I'm not going. By the way, anybody want to go to Mars if they give you a free ticket? You go, see, I would worry if I got there that I wouldn't get home. And I'd be stuck up. That's my nightmare. I'd be stuck up there and go, how do I get back? And I'd be waiting at the bus stop for the next. And they'd say, we've, we've run out of technology. You're stuck up there. <laughs> eternal perspective. How are you doing with eternal perspective? Do you ever allow the, the current situation to overshadow your life? I remember years ago, my son Brian played football for Cabrillo High School. Now, if you followed Cabrillo the last few years, uh, no offense to any conquistadors here or any of their team or faculty, they haven't won 
much. Well, actually, they haven't won a game in three years. And uh, they did score one touchdown uh, in three years. But anyway, anyway. But back in my son's day, they went CIF, baby. And uh, one of the years, I think his junior year, they played against Lompoc in the big game, and Cabrillo won. The, the place erupted. I remember one of my son's final games when he was a, a senior, and he was uh, played a couple different positions, but his main position was punter. That means when the team screws up, right, they bring this guy in, and you're either a winner or a, uh, you know, a goat or a loser, right? It depends how you pick. And he kicks this ball, and he kicks it to the moon. Hang time was brilliant. Distance was brilliant. And this guy comes running in and decks him. Now, you're not supposed to hit the punter unless you're blocking the punt, going for the ball, but the punt was long gone. This dude comes in. He figures he's a senior, probably his last game of his life. Decks my son, and my son's on the ground. And I'm looking at him. You know, I'm, I'm a dad. Throw the flag! Throw the, come on, wouldn't you? Do? And flags are flying everywhere, so they beat me to it. And, and this guy, I don't know what he's doing. He's like talking to my son. And my son turns around, and I, I didn't know what he was going to do. And he just points at the scoreboard. It's fourth quarter, folks. Cabrillo is up by 35 points. And this dude is talking smack. I made sure it was the right finger, too. It was this one. And he's point. You know what was great about that? That was, well, momentary perspective. But could I get some of you to start thinking this way? We're going to start pointing to the scoreboard. We're going to start pointing to the end of the Bible where, by the way, we win in the end. And, and when the devil reminds you of your past, you, you can remind him of his future if you want to. But remember, when he reminds you of your past, he's intimidated by your future. He knows what you can become in God. He knows what you could be if you had an eternal perspective, if you lived by, by faith and truth, if you lived by the power of the Holy Spirit in your life, if you actually allowed the Bible to be your book and you followed the Lord and you trusted and obeyed him like never before. Pretty amazing. Hey, dear ones. We win in the end, and I want you, above all, to have an eternal perspective of all things. As I read through 1 Peter 16 times in this book, 16 times, he says, I want you to praise God, and he connects it to the coming of Christ or the eternal perspective. 16 times he tells these people in the midst of hard stuff, in the midst of difficult stuff, you praise God anyway, because God has conquered everything through Christ Jesus. And my parting shot before I pray is this. I want you to live with faith and truth. We don't deny our problems and pain, but they don't define us, dear ones. We, we don't deny that the world's got issues, and so do we. But we trust in the faith and truth with an eternal perspective that greater is he that's in us than he that's in the world. And if God is for us, who could be against us? You, you know what I say? If God is for us, who could be against us? A lot of people will try, <laughs> but they will lose. Just like we prayed for those kids this morning, that God would keep them from evil and harm. I pray the same over you. 
that God would fill you with his spirit, that God would cause you to be people who know that he is with you, and that we can tolerate the pain as long as we know there's purpose. And what is the purpose? The Lord wants to make us people who are more like Jesus. He's shaping us. He's forming us into his image. Let's pray. Father, thank you for the powerful words of Peter. (laughs) You breathed those words into him so he would write them to a people that were challenged, but also to a people like us who deal with life that's hard. Lord, I know some in this room and some online are facing obstacles. They're facing physical challenges. They've recently heard some news that does not give them joy, but may we rejoice not because of the news, but may we rejoice because of you. May we put our hope and our faith and our trust in a God who's trustworthy. And if you're here today and you've never given your life to Jesus, I encourage you this morning to say, Lord, I believe in you. I believe you died on a cross. I believe you rose again from the dead. And Peter tells us today, that's our living hope. And I want you to be alive in Christ. I'm not going to embarrass you, and we're not going to take long. But if you're here today and you'd say, hey, Bernie, this is my day to give my life to Jesus. I want to throw myself over the line. I want to be somebody that can believe in the living hope of Christ. Would you just wave at me? This is about this high. It doesn't have to be too high. Yeah, you, sir. I agree with you, my friend. Thank you. Thank you. Anybody else? Yep, over here too. Yep, yep, I see you down here. Thank you. Hey, those of you that, that raise your hand, I encourage you to go to our prayer team today and our ushers will make sure that there's yes packets there for you. We have a little packet to help you start on your journey. What a great decision. And not just that you raised your hands, but your hands are connected to your hearts and God sees your heart. And he's so grateful for your decision to follow him. And we will help you any way that we can to grow in him. And for the rest of you, I wonder how many of you would say to God today, God, help me to have an eternal perspective. Help me not to be defined by my problem or my pain, but help me to be defined by who you are. Would you just whisper that to the Lord? I I need your help, God. I need your help today, Lord. We give you praise and thanks for who you are, that you hear our hearts, that you know our need and that you walk with us the days ahead. Life is hard, God, but you are greater. Life is tough, God, but you are tougher. Life sometimes can be too much, but you are more than we'll ever need. We love you, God. We give you praise. We give you thanks. And I bless you today in the name of the Lord. And as you go, please know that God is with you. And as you rise up tomorrow, that God's already been in your tomorrows. He's never going to leave you. He's never going to let go. And he will be there no matter what you face. In Jesus' mighty name, may you be blessed. We hope you enjoyed today's message. Please visit us at mylfc.com for more information about our church. Thank you so much for listening.